Good evening and welcome to Direct Impact Broadcasting, the station of growth and transformation. Affiliate of Creative Broadcasting presents Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson with your host, Taiwana Wilson, as she welcomes her guest to the studio. Welcome to Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson. I am your host, Taiwana Wilson. A little bit about myself. I am your award-winning leadership maven, medical laboratory scientist by background, best-selling author, founder and CEO of Trendy Elite Media Group, as well as Trendy Elite Coaching and Consulting Services, executive director with the John Maxwell team, Maxwell Diz Certified Consultant, and co-owner of Direct Impact Broadcasting Network. Before we bring on my special guest, I want to share a few announcements. I am booking guests for this podcast through the remainder of 2020. So if you have a leadership message that you want to share, you can go on to TrendyEliteLLC.com and click on the tab podcast to submit your interest. Also, wanted to let you know that we have a new podcast on the network called SOS for Leaders offering practical strategies that you can use in both your personal and professional life. In this podcast, it will offer those practical strategies in 20 minutes or less. So it's very quick ways that you can implement those strategies today that you can move forward and be a better leader. Along those lines, you can grab your autograph copy of the best-selling business book, Leadership Tidbits, and that's on sale at TrendyEliteLLC.com. Today's special guest, Ms. Trista Polo. Trista has over 10 years working with and coaching entrepreneurs and business owners. Her clients are CEOs, solopreneurs, and network marketing business owners. Some of them have gone on to author books, guests host television shows, create million-dollar businesses, and create ongoing residual income that replace their linear income. How convenient, especially in today's uh, changing time. Trista is also a speaker and trainer. She has trained doctors and health professionals to improve their speaking skills and regularly coordinates local and regional trainings for an online franchise company. Good evening. Good evening, Trista. How are you doing? Hello. I'm wonderful. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I am excited to have you on the show, and I am interested to hear more about you and IWokeUpAwesome.com. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Awesome. Let's do it. So, Trista, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your leadership journey and how did you get to where you are today? Well, you know, it's so funny because when I look back at my path, leadership, what I can really see is that even in college, I was the one that people always sort of rose up to leadership if I was in a team or a group project. And then I continued into my volunteer work. I was um, with a women's organization in my local area. And somehow in the provisional year, I was the leader. And then when I was part of the uh, membership, and I thought I was sort of the black sheep, and the next thing I knew, I was president. And it's so interesting to me because my self-worth until really recently was always very low. I saw myself and, and you know, I, I'm just going to be really real here if that's okay. Um, I saw myself as trash, worthless, a fraud, walking around pretending to be a powerful leader when really I knew inside that I wasn't. But even though I resisted the leadership that I always um, really was brought into, I took it on because I craved validation. So I took on these leadership roles. I did my best, but I sort of felt like I was faking my way through it. Now, what I learned in the recent years that I've been really working on my self-worth because that's such a key for a person to really believe that they are worth contribution to others, I learned that I've always been a powerful person and had a lot to contribute 
The problem was I didn't actually believe it myself. So people saw in me what I refused to see in myself, not because it wasn't there, but because I didn't believe it was there. Um, it turns out I'm actually quite powerful. I have a lot to contribute, and I do that very, very regularly now. But now I can do it from a much more authentic, vulnerable, and loving way because I'm not trying to fake my way through it. I'm actually being willing to be responsible for my greatness, which means I have more of it to give other people. Awesome. Wow. And and I don't know you're going to talk about it more as we go forward, but that's just awesome. You know, being able to be your authentic self and having that confidence. And sometimes as leaders, sometimes we don't feel like we can be authentic, and sometimes we lack that confidence even though it seems like we are confident. <laughs> For sure. So I, so I am interested in hearing more about that as we continue to talk a little bit further. So, Trista, leaders come from different backgrounds. We all have our own unique strengths and power and experience. What do you feel has been most beneficial for you to thrive as a leader and open up doors for you to be successful? Well, I definitely am always trying to learn more and grow more. And I really just keep putting myself out there. I really try very hard to say yes much more than I say no. And in thinking about that, I think I will hearken it to training I've had as an improv actor. So, you know, with improv, there are no scripts. You just have this very loose set of rules of the game, and then anything can happen. And so there are certain things that you need to be following in order for it to go well and for the audience and the actors to have a good experience. And what I'm realizing as I'm really looking at what it takes to be a leader is so many of those are parallel to what I see as bringing me into a higher strength level as a leader. So in improv, you always say yes and to every suggestion, everything given to you by an actor that you're in a scene with. You always say yes, because saying yes gives you an opportunity to forward the scene. In leadership, we need to be willing to say yes to opportunities. We don't always say yes, <laughs> but we at least need to be willing to consider it before we say no. Also supporting others, supporting others in the scene and in life and leadership, supporting your team, supporting the people leading with you. It's so important when we show up to make sure that we're all winning and giving each other gifts of winning instead of trying to be the best and trying to win the leadership game. Also, don't hog the spotlight. That's another great one. We work as a team. So as a leader, sometimes the leader wants to be in the spotlight. And don't get me wrong, I love the spotlight. <laughs> but I can't, I can't hog it. I have to be willing to share it with everyone else I'm working with and hand out praise, acknowledgement, recognition, credit as much as I take it, maybe even more so. Because if my people feel like they're powerful and strong, then they will just work harder for their own self-actualized leadership. And then another one, and maybe the last one I'll share, is focus on your character and who you are in the scene. Well, that's perfect for leadership too. Focus on who you are as a leader because it's really more about who you are being as opposed to what you are doing, especially in leadership roles. Because a lot of time leaders are empowering and facilitating, and um, I don't want to say the word leverage, but delegating to others. So it's a lot less about what you're doing and more about creating the space with who you're being as a leader so other people feel confident to act. In Absolutely. fact, I'll, yeah, and I'll just say that anybody, a leader, an entrepreneur, somebody who's a manager or owner of a company would get a huge value taking a few improv classes. Because as I thought about it, I thought, oh, my gosh, there's so many parallels. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And it's funny that you say that about taking the improv class. I was recently in a leadership program, and we had an all-day training, and one of the sessions was – taking an improv class and saying yes more than we say no. And it was scary. I must say it was scary, 
But, you know, we went ahead and, and went through the session, and I can remember, you know, having been asked certain questions and saying, yes, and can you do this? <laughs> yes, and. But it was, it was a very good, probably one of my favorites of that, yeah. of that day. But For sure. definitely gave more confidence. So great advice on that. I like Thank you. <laughs> so as leaders, good leaders learn to ask great questions, right? Mm. So what has been some of the best questions that you feel that you've asked that has made a good uh, – that has made a significant difference on your life? Like, man, if I wouldn't have asked that question, I wouldn't have got here. Mm. You know, I think it really – is about looking for where I can make a difference. Like, what can I do to make a difference right now? What can I do to make a difference here? Who can I ask to help or who can I empower to do this with me? Where can I create teamwork instead of doing it alone? And then a really big one is what can I personally be responsible for in this situation? I think so many times we look to figure out, oh, whose fault was that? Who's to blame? I guess, I guess that was my fault. But what if we could actually look at responsibility not as fault, but as ownership of the ship's steering, that we're driving that ship down the river, down the ocean. And by being personally responsible, I can actually be able to own both the good and the bad which takes all that victimization stuff out and allows me to really just feel free in the responsibility. So like, it's not a burden. It actually gives me freedom. So what can I be personally responsible for in this situation? Um, I also, you know, this saying, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Have you ever heard that saying? Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I, I use that. I use that like, all right, let me check in. Am I acting on the best interest of me and my team, or am I reacting? And so I check in with myself, and I ask myself that question a lot too. That's good. I know my mom, she would always say that, especially during times like now where everybody's at home, and, and you know, <laughs> she would always tell us as, as kids, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, what exactly is she saying? So that well, just reminded me of that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. No, you're fine. <laughs> well, I was just going to say the thing about cliches is that they are cliches because they are true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is very true. So as I am out and about and I'm working with young people, a lot of times they look at people like myself and look at you and look at all the other leaders out here, and they see all of the great things that we're doing. They see the success. They see all of the positive things uh, that have resulted from a long, hard journey. They oftentimes don't see uh, our failures or some of our stumbling blocks that we've encountered along the way. So can you speak to some of your learning lessons that you have encounter on your leadership journey? Yes. Uh, You know, I think the ones I always remember the most are the ones that were the most painful failures because they make such a long-standing impression on me, and I think back to them when making big decisions going forward. So I'd like to share a story that I have used in my own training and coaching because I think it underlines a couple of really important lessons. So I was working in um, a corporate office in a company, and I was the holder of the password of the job search site, you know, because we used it to find candidates for open positions. And it was a Friday. It was the end of the day. My commute was two hours long staring at me after a long week of long hours, and the CEO and um, one of our department heads came to me and said, listen, we've had some people that we have to replace instantly, and we need the password 
uh, for the job search site because we got to find some candidates. And this was unheard of. This was something that was always very insulated and protected inside of our department. And so um, I said no, that I wasn't able to give it out because it was, you know, not something we shared. And long story short, basically my job was, was threatened. Like, you know, we need that. It's for a client and, you know, we're going to be spending all weekend working on this and you have to give it to us. And if you don't, then don't come back on Monday kind of thing. And I have to say that in that moment, because I felt like I had no choice, I chose my job Mm -hmm. over my integrity and my Mm -hmm. commitment to what structure we had in place. And as a result of that, on Monday, two people lost their jobs because they were found on that site as candidates looking for other opportunities. Wow. And so the lesson I learned and the failure of my character in that moment was that by saving my own job, I actually cost two people theirs. Mm. Right. Like that's wow. something I got to live with my whole life. Right. So that was a huge wow. failure, <laughs> huge failure on my part that I didn't believe enough in myself, my resiliency my ability to replace this very nice income that afforded us a life that my husband and I enjoyed, I didn't trust myself to replace it in that moment. And by the way, this was like a split decision that I've now thought of many hours since, right? Mm -hmm. But in that moment, the decision I made, uh, of course, had an impact, just like all of our decisions do. And so out of that, the lesson I really learned from that is, first of all, I never choose money over my integrity. Now, that sounds easy, but if you don't have enough money waiting for you at home to choose your integrity, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other part that I learned, the other big lesson I learned is that when I choose to partner with a company, whether it's to be a consultant for them, a coach for them, a speaker for them, to partner up with them in some capacity. I choose a company that I absolutely make sure first shares the same culture, moral compass, is in line with the types of decisions that I would make so that I never have to worry about having to be in that situation. So I created a life so that I no longer have to trade my integrity and character for a paycheck, which is sort of how I framed that experience and that lesson, that failure. Mm -hmm. That's good. That That's good because you're right. There are a lot of times as leaders where you have to make those split-second decisions. And I had a leader on here maybe a year ago, but this same thing has come up several times of knowing your value and knowing what lines you would or would not cross far before you get to that point of having to make that decision. Because if you know what you value and value what you work, what you know and what you're worth and your integrity, then when those decisions come up, then it's difficult. I mean, it's easier to make that decision. So, Absolutely right. And I love what you're saying about know the lines before you have to decide if you're going to cross them. Because mm-hmm. if I had had that conversation with myself before that moment, then I probably would have been able to make a decision I could have lived with better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that when I think about advice that I've, you know, received, especially as, you know, being a leader and managing people and, and that kind of thing, that was one of those things because you're right, you know, everybody's ethics and moral compass is not the same. And so what one person might do, the next person may not do. And so it's important so that you know where you're not going to cross because in those times when the the energy is high, the anxiety is high, you know, sometimes it's not easy to think rational. So I think you bring up a very valid point uh, that people should know and value mm-hmm. in their leadership uh, journey. So that's awesome. I'm happy that you talked about that. Yeah, and I actually want to say something that came to my mind from what you just said 
I think that because I always appear to be strong and powerful and a leader, I don't get offered as much free advice as somebody who's trying to be a leader, who struggles to be a leader, because I look like I have it all handled because that's my deal, right? Even if I don't have it all handled, right. I pretend like I do. And right. so <laughs> I don't, I, I, I don't, I have not had a plethora of mentors show up in my life gifting me with advice and guidance. I've always had to create that for myself. And so when I didn't feel worthy of being a leader, I was always afraid to bother somebody who was strong and powerful. They're not going to want to spend time on me. I'm not worth their time. Now I have Mm -hmm. multiple mentors. But back then, it would have been amazing to be gifted leadership guidance from people who were further along on the path. And so that's something I want to say to the people listening is even when somebody looks like they have it all together, if you have a nugget or a gem to share from your own experience or your own failures or lessons, I would offer it even if the person looks like they don't need it because they might be the people who need it the most because they're too afraid to ask for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Everybody needs that encouragement. Everybody needs those nuggets of wisdom and leadership, uh, regardless at what point they are or appear to be. So I absolutely agree with that. So, Trista, growth is intentional. As we know, if we're not learning, we're not growing. So what do you do for your professional business or personal growth? Oh, my goodness. I am always learning. I am a perpetual student. I am constantly attending courses and boot camps and webinars, and I can't tell you how many free webinars I've been to that now I get tons of email from them offering all their other courses because I'm always seeking knowledge. I'm always seeking guidance from people who have been on that path before. So um, I would say that one thing that I would love to share is something called Go for No. Are you familiar with that book? Have you ever read it? I have not. I am writing it down, though. Yes, let me tell you about this book. This is by Richard Fenton and Andrea Walls. And I will tell you that (laughs) no used to be my kryptonite. It tracks with everything I've shared so far, right? If I have low self-worth, then I have to say yes. And if I'm not willing to say no, then I can't stand to hear you say no. It's a rejection every time. Mm-hmm. And it has taken me my whole life, up and really uh, up until very recently, was, am I now able to live with no? But that book was a huge, um, a huge tool for me. I've listened to it on audio. I use um, Audible to listen to books while I'm driving. And so I've listened to that book many, many times. It's allegorical, so it's told in the form of a story, which I also love because that makes it more fun. Mm -hmm. So that book is amazing. There are so many books I could share that have made such a huge difference for me. Um, So I'm happy to share those if you like. And then I'll also mention there's a program through Landmark Worldwide called the Communication Curriculum, and that really shifted me to be able to take responsibility, increase my self-worth, hear no, have transformation and breakthroughs in my business. Huge, huge um, tools for growth. Do you want me to share some of my favorite books? I mean, there are so many. I would have to I'm happy to share some if you like. Yeah, I think that would be great sharing some because as we know, leaders are readers, not just of books, but of people. But in order for you to get better, you have to be able to know what's out here. So, yeah, share with the listeners. Okay, great. So one is the five love languages for children. Now, everybody's probably familiar with the five love languages, and it's a great read. But I actually love the five love languages for children because it opened up for me how to identify the love language of the adults that I work with so I can more fully acknowledge them and have them feel valuable inside of the team that that we're working in. So love that one. Another one is Never Split the Difference, which is a negotiation book 
It's by a guy named Chris Voss, and he was a professional negotiator of terrorist situations. And I got some really good stuff about, like, if I'm working with clients, offering proposals, looking at, you know, how we're going to partner up together in a client base, it really helped me um, to kind of reframe how I work with people and finalize details. I have always my whole life had a challenge with um, food choices, my weight, that sort of thing, and I got a huge aha moment by reading the book Finding Ultra by Rich Roll. He is an ultraman athlete, which is like more than the triathlons. The, the, you know, and I, I'm not familiar enough with them, but I know he ran around the entire largest Hawaiian island twice or something like that for one of, oh, wow. one of his things. Like he's a, an ultra athlete. And listening to his story going from a middle-aged, nearly dead, heart attack eminent, overweight, hardly move guy to um, at one point considered the healthiest and strongest man in the world. And just listening to his story of how he did that made a huge difference for me and how I manage myself and what I'm willing to do and push myself to. And there's a ton, but I'll just say the last one is The Year of Yes, How to Dance It Out, Stand in the Sun, and Be Your Own Person by Shonda Rhimes, who is responsible for like the entire Thursday night lineup when we used to have those on TV. Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice, mm-hmm. you know, all those. And that was a really wonderful book uh, as well. I guess I really love books that tell you, that give you great advice while telling you a story, whether it's an allegorical story or it's the story of someone's own journey. I get a lot mm-hmm. of value, not just out of the lesson, but the journey of the lesson as well. Absolutely. Those are some great choices. I have not read uh, most of them, but I have read The Year of Yes. I listen to it. I am a audio book girl myself, so <laughs> I love a, a good book. So I have some books that I'm going to add to my to-do list, to my book list. So I'm excited awesome. about these. So thank you so much for sharing. Yes. In a time where we're asked to do more, serve more, give more, be the best, and the list goes on and on, and we talked about this a little bit, one's core values can be compromised in the process of trying to elevate your career and your position in the workplace. What advice would you give to our listeners who are struggling to balance career and maintain that home-life harmony along with their own sense of self? This is such an important question right now. As I'm watching friends who are waitresses, friends who are being laid off from their corporate jobs, we have to be able to balance all of it. Mm-hmm. And so my advice would be to make sure that you have a backup plan, preferably before you need it. You know, mm-hmm. one of my challenges with the situation I shared earlier is I didn't have anything to fall back on. So I felt like I had to rely solely on my own strengths, which I didn't trust. But if I had had a backup plan, if I had had multiple streams of income, If I had my fingers in a couple of different ways that I was able to earn a living, even if they were small, I at least would have felt some hope. So that's my advice, to create a backup plan before you need it. These days, the term side hustle um, is used, (laughs) you know, freely and greatly in our society. So many people have picked up extra income opportunities, whether it's selling online on an Amazon store, starting a direct sales business, or, you know, becoming an eBay eBay or Etsy crafter. There are so many ways that we can add additional streams of income to our lives. And I would say that's probably very crucial right now more than ever. I work from home. I have my coaching business. I have clients that I support. And then I also have a residual ongoing income that I built about eight, 
or so years ago and still pays me today. And because of that, and I'm in a much different position than a lot of the people I'm hearing that are concerned about what do we do when the money runs out? How am I going to pay my mortgage, my car payment, et cetera? So I think that would be my answer. That is priceless. That information that you just gave is priceless because sometimes when we think about our careers, we think, you know, it, I went to school, I got a degree, I'm educated, you know, I got an opportunity, you know, it's safe, you know, I'm going to work till I retire. And now we're seeing that things aren't like that. I know in my local community, I've seen where the trucking industry, when General Motors was here in my community, it closed. And that one company supplied or touched most of the households in the area. So not only did Mm -hmm. that close, I saw two hospitals close. And so it just let me know that there is no security. You know, you have to have those additional streams of revenue. And so when you said have a backup plan before you need it, I think that is critical for our leaders today. Don't get comfortable because you just (laughs) never know. (laughs) You never know. And whether that comes to revenue or income, you should have that backup plan before you need it. Even when you're managing people and leading people, you know, things don't always go according to plan. So sometimes you have to think about the what if in those scenarios. So you offered some that information with probably million-dollar advice that you nice. just offered the, the listening awesome. audience. So I love it. So when you think about, you know, your journey and your 20-year-old self, I know in hindsight we can think of a lot of things we would have told ourselves. So what would you have told yourself or what you know now what would you have told your 20-year-old something self that would have been valuable advice? Mm. I think what I would tell myself is don't be in such a rush to get the setting up your life over with. You don't need to have kids right away, buy a house right away, find a career right away. I think these millennials these days probably sort of know this already, but when I was starting out, I felt like I had to lock down my life in order to begin living it. I was so afraid to be experimental, to be adventurous, and I kind of wish I had experimented a little more with what my life could have looked like. For me, it was about feeling safe and secure, and that's how I chose to do it. And don't get me wrong, I wouldn't change a thing. I love my life. And I wouldn't be who I am now if not for the journey I took. But I see things that I could have tweaked just a small amount. You know, if you tweak something one degree difference, it changes your entire trajectory. So just looking at my business, looking at my life, my bank account, my investments, small tweaks that I could have made if I wasn't in such a hurry to lock things down and be sure and certain So that's what I would say. And I guess, oh, and there's one more thing I would add, which is to trust your gut. Trust yourself to know the right way, the right path, because if you can trust in your gut, it will provide milestones. It will provide signals to show you that you're heading in the right direction. And if you trust them, then you'll never go wrong. And even when something doesn't go like you wanted it to, Looking back on it with hindsight, you'll probably find out you're better off for having gone through that in the long run. Absolutely. That's good. I like it. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Trista, I often get asked the question, where do I find leadership experience or how do I build my leadership toolbox? What advice would you give to an emerging leader or even somebody who's looking to reinvent themselves. Uh, Maybe things got a little stale and they want to reinvent themselves. But what advice would you give uh, to somebody looking to build their leadership toolbox? 
You know, when I was working in corporate America in different jobs, I was always pretty much a solitary worker. Where I got the most leadership experience was when I joined into teams. So I would say look for a team you can participate with. Maybe it's a nonprofit that you can volunteer for, a meetup you can join that goes to, does things regularly as a community. It could be your church, something where you can participate in a group. Because in a group, you have the opportunity to take ownership, share ideas, support the outcome of activities actively instead of passively. And all of those are small steps, but they can actually reinvent you into a leader if you're not currently a leader. And as the person who's leading starts to see you being willing to put yourself out there, be more owner than follower, then you'll be gifted more responsibility, more opportunities to lead, and more training as a leader. I want to share a little secret that every leader wants every follower to know that we hope and wish you would find out. And that is, we want you to step up and be a leader. A leader's not hoping that the followers just follow blindly forever. We want you to take ownership because we want you to know, we, can, we want to know that we can count on you. And we want you to know that you can count on yourself because it allows you to grow. It allows you to get more training. And it allows the leader to know that we can entrust more tasks and responsibility if I know how to do something, I could do it over and over and over. But if I can entrust it to you as somebody on my team who's an up-and-coming leader, I can go out and get more skilled and level up my abilities as a leader as well. So the best compliment that I could ever get as a leader is to actually have other leaders created in my leadership. Those are the rare gems, and I just love uncovering them in a team that I lead. That is awesome information, and you are right. Us leaders do want our followers to be leaders, to step up, to take over. You're right. We do. Great. <laughs> Great. You have given so many amazing nuggets here. I hope the leaders and the listeners are writing this information down, and luckily this is a podcast. They can play it over and over and over, <laughs> but you have, have given so many insightful uh, nuggets. So thank you. What, no, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Every time I have guests on, I always learn something new. I always pick up something uh, that makes me say, hmm, or makes me want to read more, do more. So thank yeah. you. What part has mentors or coaches played on the progression of your career or business? I know that you are a coach, so can you talk a little bit about the mentoring aspect and then uh, the coaching aspect? Sure. So I would say most of my mentors have been women, not exclusively, but most. Um, and strong people who not only have they reached the level I'm looking to reach, but they have surpassed it. And frankly, the mentors and coaches I've had in my life have made all the difference. If I was only able to rely on myself and how I interpret the book or the course or the video that I am consuming for my own self-development, and I don't have an outside perspective, then I'm going to miss a huge piece of the learning. I had a coach for two years that trained me in team leadership and communication. It completely shifted who I am in my marriage, my family, my personal life, and my business. I'm working with a mentor right now. She's coaching me on making such small little incremental changes, those one degree changes in how I lead teams. And those small changes are creating huge shifts in my results. When I'm looking for a mentor, I want somebody who is positive, powerful, and willing to be honest with me. They hold me to account. They hold me accountable for what they expect, but they expect me to do the work. They see in me what I have yet to see in myself, 
and they know how to guide me to the mirror so I can recognize it. They empower me when I'm disempowered. They focus me back when I'm distracted, and they give me clarity when my brain is disjointed, both in my actions and how I can help work with and lead my team. When you're looking for a mentor or a coach, that's the kind of thing I would look for. And then the other thing I want to say is don't be afraid to ask someone to be a mentor, to ask someone to support your career or your development as a leader. I missed out on having mentors a lot of my life. And I was talking to somebody, and he was like, oh, this guy's my mentor, and that guy. I'm like, how do you get these mentors? Do you have to sign up for that? Where do I fill out the form? <laughs> like, no, you just ask them to mentor you. I'm like, oh, no, I can never do that. They're too busy. They're too powerful. They're too important. They're too fill in the blank with my self-doubt. And since I, by my coach of two years, was challenged to go out and find mentors who made at least a million dollars um, per year, I thought, okay, well, that's a huge leap for me, skinny branches of my comfort zone. <laughs> but by doing it and actually getting yeses, yes, I will mentor you. Yes, I will support your development. It's completely changed my business. So being wow. willing to ask a mentor, I think, is the most important piece. That is awesome advice. Awesome advice. I had another leader on the show, and they said the exact same thing. Don't be afraid mm. to ask somebody to be your mentor. So as they say, a closed mouth does not get fed. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Trista, what's next for you? What's next for you personally and or professionally? Well, um, this year I've really started to expand my coaching practice to include more leader and team-related clients. Um, and I've also started a podcast this year as well. And so those are really the new and next things for me is expanding both of those. In my business, which is a health, wealth, and beauty business, I've been doing a lot of expanding with that, taking on more leadership roles, doing more speaking. So I think I'm really starting to bloom. <laughs> I started out pretending to be a leader, and then I actually became one authentically. And now I'm expanding my leadership by training other people to lead. And so that's really, I think, the next phase for me. Awesome. Awesome. And so, you know, of course, we could go on and talk, you know, I could talk to you for another hour because you gave <laughs> so many, well, you did, you gave so many insightful nuggets, but unfortunately, uh, I can't. <laughs> our, our time to today is coming to a close. But what would be your last tidbit or, or a few tidbits that you would leave for the listener audience? I think that we've talked about the one that's so important already, which is to continue to learn, read. You know, the, the reading list I gave you was just a partial list, but um, the reading and learning is so important. There's another, there's an app that I absolutely love, and I want to share it with you and your listeners, and that's the Think Up app. Are you familiar with it? I am not. Ooh, let me tell you about this app. So this app allows you to record affirmations and positive statements that are your own voice saying it to you. Our mind believes whatever we tell it. So if we tell it that we're crappy and, you know, trash, it believes it and it acts accordingly and our results reflect that. If we tell our mind that we are the most powerful human being in the universe, our mind believes it. It believes whatever we tell it. And so this app allows you to record your own voice saying affirmations and positive statements. They can be ones you write yourself or they have a ton of them in their database. And then you can just listen to yourself speaking positively to yourself over and over and over again with beautiful music in the background. Or you can turn the music off, have your voice really quiet, 
and play it while you're listening to the radio or watching TV so it's almost more subliminal. This is a huge tool that I've used to switch my mindset and shift some of my paradigms. I actually turn it up really loud and listen to it when I'm in the shower. And I, I imagine my husband is either super annoyed or transforming as well. I don't know. because It's very loud, so I can hear it over the water. But that's a huge tool that I've used um, that I think would make a big difference for people. Awesome. I have that on my list that I am going to check out. So oh, how great. can yeah, – yeah, that, that's uh, – you're giving me some serious homework that I need to do. <laughs> and I have – I'm going download and crazy after I great. get off of our podcast. So I'm how so can glad our that continue? resources have been valuable for you and that you've got the value out of I have to share. Yes, yes, I am. I am excited. I'm just as excited as we started the call. I'm still just as excited <laughs> uh, talking with you. So Wonderful. how can the listeners continue, continue to follow you and support you on your journey and stay connected with you? Well, you know, my website, IWokeUpAwesome.com, has information about my coaching practice. It has links to the company that I am partnered with. And then it also is um, a place you can access my podcast. You know, I'm currently expanding a team of entrepreneurs in the health, wealth, and beauty areas of my business. And it gives access to attainable residual income. Again, that backup plan, which is so important. Um, And then I also have this podcast, which is a really fun project that I started this year. I interview owners of vanity plates and I tell their stories because I think that there's cool stories behind things that we don't realize, especially a vanity plate. We see it driving down the road. You know, what's the story behind it? And then I also feel like by having people get to know the other drivers, it could create a little bit more love on the road instead of rage. And you can listen to that. Either you can get to it at IWokeUpAwesome.com or you can access it at any uh, podcast listening device. It's called Plate Story. Trista's Plate Story Podcast. How cool is that? <laughs> Very cool, because there are some plates, and I look, and I and I often wonder, like, hmm, I wonder what was the information behind that, or what's the story behind that. So how cool is that? Thank well, you. That's... You're exactly right. There's so many mysteries out there on vanity plates out there. <laughs> wow. Well, that is exciting. I hope our listening audience stay connected with you and go to your website, awesome.com or find you on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or any of your other social channels that you uh, have out there. And I just want to thank you so much, Ms. Trista Polo, for coming on my show and, and giving the listening audience all of these nuggets of wisdom and taking time out of your busy schedule to give me the opportunity to interview you you tonight well and i want to thank you so much for having me you know this i'm all about contribution these days and helping people level up and my motto is that i like to help people win whatever winning looks like to them and by giving me the platform to do that for a new audience i'm just very grateful and i thank you so much this is a wonderful podcast you have to share the different facets of leadership from people's experience. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on and I just wish you continued blessings on your and much success on your journey as you continue to inspire other people to be awesome. So thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you, listener audience, for tuning in to tonight's show where my special guest, Ms. Tris Polo, shared with us several amazing nuggets. She said, always try to learn more and grow more. Try saying yes more times than you say no. Support others and encourage other people to win. When one win, we all win. Making sure that we are all winning. Don't hog the spotlight. There's plenty of room for you to be in the spotlight as well. 
focus on your character and who you are. When you think about those interesting questions that you can ask as a leader, think about what can I be responsible for in this situation? What can I personally be responsible for in this situation? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Constantly <laughs> learn via webinars, books, uh, training courses. Some of the books that was given, some of the book titles, go for those. Uh, the Five Love Languages for Children, Never Split the Difference, Finding Ultra, The Year of Yes, or just some books that you can look into. Have a backup plan before you need it. Having multiple streams of income as a leader is critical, especially in today's society. Leaders want followers who step up to be a leader, so we want you to be a leader as much as you want to be a leader. Find those mentors who are positive, powerful, and hold you accountable. They keep you focused, and when you find a mentor, or looking for a mentor, don't be afraid to ask somebody to actually be your mentor. So if you like what you heard tonight and want to listen to previous shows, you can subscribe at directimpactbroadcasting.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on LinkedIn as well. If you are thinking about starting your own podcast, we would love to have your show on the network. You can send an email to DI Broadcasting. That's D-I-B-R-O-A-D. C-A-S-T-I-N-G at TrendyEliteLLC.com to learn more. And please tune in next week to hear from another amazing leader. Until then, have a good evening. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to another episode of Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson, where Taiwana speaks with leaders who share nuggets of wisdom that you can use in your personal and professional life. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Coach T. Wilson. Connect on LinkedIn or visit www.coachtwilson.com. And remember, in life, learn as much as you can, appreciate often, and lead fearlessly. 